0: One, two, three, fire, fire, fire.
1: Greetings, all my good people of planet Earth and neighboring galaxies, and I guess beyond that too, and parallel universes. My name is Chance, and I want to thank you for tuning in to Interverse. This episode is a little different than normal because, you may know, my typical guests are of the artist variety. I like to talk to creative people who are seeking to make their worlds a better place through their own soul's path and following that. Our guests in this episode are creative and extremely helpful individuals, but what they are creating is a path for others um, to take the steps needed towards a different energy consumption paradigm, which is something we really do need to be collectively shifting towards as rapidly as possible because we are obviously not in harmony with the way we're doing energy right now on the planet. Anyway, our guests' names are Jeremy and Gilda. And they work for a company called Missouri Sun Solar. This episode is not an advertisement for them. But if it was, it would be worth it because they're a great group from what I can tell. Well, at least from my interaction with these two. The uh, wonderful guys and gals that Jeremy and Gilda work with are responsible for helping others figure out how to finance and install solar panels on their homes. Which is something that I'm actually doing here at my studio slash house slash cat palace. We go into the details of that and a lot more in our conversation that's coming up. But I'm sure that even if you are not a homeowning human who is ready to upgrade to something clean and renewable for your energy, you might be someday, and even if not, talking about our energy sources and what they're doing to us on a physical, metaphysical, individual, and societal level. Well, that is a talk worth having for everybody. And it's a discussion that really needs to be had on a worldwide level because it doesn't take a genius to see that we're destroying the planet with our current energy technologies or really lack of energy technology because we're running on the same type of oil-based stuff for the last hundred years. And do I even need to mention that oil is not sustainable? I mean, it seems obvious to me that we're basically vampires of our mother earth. I mean, oil is like... If the Earth is a living being, then oil is its blood. It's that easy. But, um, you know, you guys all know that. And I don't need to, like, rail against the evils of the oil industry. I mean, duh. We all know about that. So the more of us who can be informed about solutions instead of talking about problems, the better. And that's what this episode is about. Because even if you can't make a switch to solar power in your life right now, maybe someone you know could and they just don't have the information, like your parents or something. They probably have a house like most parents do, right? So let them know that solar power is a super viable option, and be prepared with this uh, stuff that we use in this conversation to disarm silly propaganda that's been going around about it, like the technology just isn't there yet. Um, Speaking of technology that just isn't there yet, though, I have exciting news. I am in the process of reworking the Interverse website to be much more functional, beautiful, and organized. And there will be some cool extra stuff uh, that it definitely doesn't have right now because I don't know if you've been to my website, but it's like one page. It's pretty lame. I've just been procrastinating so bad on making the uh, upgrading the website, finally doing it and hopefully it'll be a way of getting more people to join our community of mega cool creators and um truth seekers and whatever else you guys are. And along with the new website, there will be some additions to our Patreon rewards as well. Uh more info on that a little later as I figure out what that is, but I expect to have some pretty neato things to show you guys hopefully in like 2 weeks, maybe less. For those of you who have not heard of it before, Patreon is a way that you can contribute to crowdsource funding directly to the creators who you like or love or want to send money to. So if you love me even a little bit, it would be most wildly wonder-filled way you could show it if you would pledge to our Patreon and send a few shekels this month If you're like me, it's very easy to sign up for some recurring monthly charge thingy, and if it's only $1 or $2 a month, you'll hardly notice it's gone. And you'll be sending us both physical energy and a massive infusion of motivation to keep creating episodes that tickle your neural nodes and excite your existential erogenous areas. I say this a lot, but I seriously need a new computer to be able to deliver you better content. I won't say it's frustrating to work with the laptop I have right now but it's not fun <laughs> it's not got the futuristic functionality I'd like for creating crazy graphics and fancy pants videos so please check out the episode notes for links to both Missouri Sun Solar the music you've heard in this episode and of course to patreon.com forward slash universe that's the link you should go to and if you want to help us out in a totally finance-free way Look us up on the iTunes app store and leave a five-star review when you subscribe only takes about 30 seconds for you, but it fills me with joy for like three or four hours. Every time I see that the five-star review counter goes up a notch and doing that is somehow helpful for Apple's algorithms to allow new listeners to find our uh, fantastic family and join us here on interverse. So, Um, Don't forget, you can subscribe there, like I said, iTunes on the Apple Podcast app or SoundCloud or YouTube or vid.me or this new one called BitChute that's pretty cool, Um, and Google Play. So that's a lot of places you can find us. There's more than that even, but I've gone on long enough. I think it's time we get to the episode here. I really love that you're listening to the show. I love that you are alive, and I love that you are interested in expanding your consciousness and maybe exploring your creative side and seeking to elevate your vibration to find the frequency that matches your highest potential outcome. I love you. Thank you. We're ready to initiate this conversation sequence now with Jeremy and Gilda. Champions of the power of the sun itself. Let's go. Universe. All right, everybody, welcome to the show, Jeremy and Gilda, my new solar-powered friends.
0: You.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for having us. I appreciate being here um, and getting to know you guys a little bit better.
1: Definitely. Um, we've also got Haley on the co-host duties again.
3: Yep, I'm back for yet another episode. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I really wanted to have these two over because. Um, we got really interest. We had some really interesting conversations in the course of uh, discussing solar power, which is something that I don't know if I've talked about on the show yet. But I'm actually getting solar panels put on our house, so it's something that I'm extra intrigued by at the moment. Although it's always been a concept that I think is obviously important because what is the most clear and clean source of energy in this solar system? Anybody know?
2: Yeah. The sun.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah. What do you guys, uh, what do you guys think on a day like today, rainy day? Is it hard to sell solar power or is it still sell itself? Well,
2: it's definitely different. Um, you know, you've got the scenario of rain coming down, you know, within 30 minutes at our location where we're at and sitting there at the event, having some good conversations, but it never really uh, negatively impacts us because when we look at solar power, And we look at saving people money utilizing the free energy from the sun. We try to save them money based off of their bills, so now they're investing. Um, But when you think about solar power, we always talk about averages because a system is is a system, it's a system. It is going to produce X amount of power that's going to save you X amount. So we talk in averages because there's the seasons. You have to deal with all four seasons, right? There's unpredictables. We, don't, we can't predict the weather. We don't know what's gonna happen. We can give a forecast, but we don't really know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. However, solar is solar, and it's gonna sit there, do its job, collect DC power, form it into AC, and you get to use it. So on the average, um, that's what we work off. We tell our customers, you have to give your solar system on your home, you have to give it a full 12 months to show that savings.
4: But so, I think the question really that The answer i guess to that question i should say is of course it's a little bit harder for people on days like today because in the state of missouri everybody is under the impression that they have to pull power from electric company because we don't have a lot of solar you know fellow customers right now um california arizona they've been having solar on their homes for years but we're just now as a state growing and um until we start seeing a lot more people like yourself going solar and having that savings invested and also helping the economy and just having that imprint, it's gonna get better with with more years and, and all, but right now, just the state's not there. Missouri as a state is just not there mentally, so we appreciate customers like you get it, who understand um, the economy and how it's affecting our fossil fuels and, and the coal industry, how it's hurting our, our, our world, I guess, right now on the earth. <laughs>
3: On a um, Well, I have a friend who does solar down in Florida. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is a federal thing or maybe just a Florida state thing. I assume federal. But he said that they are not allowed to make a home more than 120% efficient. Is that true in Missouri as well? Or is that maybe just a Florida thing?
2: Well, we can both answer this question. I, in Missouri, what we try to do, and there's different states. Different states have uh, different values on how they give you back your credit or monetary value. Uh, for your production of your system. Missouri is not a monetary state. States like Florida, California, Arizona, maybe a few others are monetary states. Monetary means they're gonna, you're going to produce and you can overproduce a certain amount and they're going to pay you back in the form of a check, monetary value, cash, whatever you want to call it. Um, Missouri is a non-monetary state and how they work it is we send the power back to them, their overproduction, and they look at your kilowatt production versus your kilowatt consumption at the end of the month. They tally that up and they form a credit on your bill, which lowers your bill. So, um, with regards to answering that question, not too sure about that extra hundred, you know, the over, overage of the 20%. Um, but here in Missouri, it is a monetary state.
1: I guess um, to segue from that question, really. The, the real question is, are there a lot of legal hoops that you have to deal with or bureaucracy that is um, maybe needing to evolve to help the solar scenario really blossom here in Missouri and other states?
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very close friends with our CEO, and he tells me stories all the time that I guess we don't realize as consumers that the battle that goes on. Um, for example, the electric companies that are not giving rebates to customers um, or that are utilizing their federal tax credits in different avenues. So what we're trying to do is make enough notion to not only the economy to go solar, but also for the electric companies to to allow us as consumers to be able to go solar. Because in the near future, what they're trying to do is put... Um, additional fees and, and things like that for somebody to go solar because it's going to hurt their budget mm-hmm. well if we all stand together and there's going to be some type of regulations that are going to try to be back past in the near future for people going solar for like example bill 340
0: Yeah,
4: 340 um, here in missouri yeah here in missouri um it's just not putting additional fees on consumers who are wanting to go solar so things like that that we're hoping to grandfather in while people are going solar now, because if they can increase their rates in the future, it's going to be really hard for a consumer to want to choose a cleaner um, energy solution, especially if, you know, the electric companies are fining them and feeing them for right. going and then making it obviously more expensive. So, yes, that net metering agreements with the electric company – Having that overproduction bought back legally, um, permitting, we need counties to kind of step up and allow us to do what we what we need to do with the homeowners' lands. Um, mm-hmm. They're having a lot of restrictions <laughs> by stating that, you know, they need to have certain permits done and um, jurisdiction laws and things like that. And we what we need to do is allow it to be more of a, I guess, conscious um, conversation, more educated conversation, instead of just the it's holistic and green, which it is, but people are under un, uneducated on what solar can do, not only for us, but also for the economy. So just talking more about it.
3: And what are some things that people often say that are misconceptions about solar?
2: Oh, boy. <laughs> the number one thing is, the misconception is, um, it's too expensive. Mm-hmm. What has happened over the past five to seven years is that it has... Drop dramatically in cost um, because the production level and the, the the economic scenario of going solar with regards to manufacturing has gotten better because there's more been more demand. If there's more demand. They need to create the supply, and as you start creating the supply and manufacturing level and beefing up the manufacturing, costs start to come down. Um, and with that being said, that the cost coming down to manufacturing, whether that's overseas manufacturing or whether that's Canadian, uh, North American-made products being manufactured here, the cost has come down. Therefore, that cost comes down to everybody. Mm. And that's a misconception that when we talk to people that just don't know enough about it, when they the first question that usually comes up <clears> is <throat> how much does it cost. Um, And that's a relative question, because the fact that we have to actually go to the home. We can't just spit out a number because every home is different, meaning its efficiency level is different. It's a different square footage. It's been built at a different time. It has different insulation or efficiency upgrades.
1: Different Every amount of people living there. People living One there, so. more person living in a house makes a huge difference in no, how yeah. much power gets consumed. Mm-hmm. We're actually lucky that we only use so much power. Um, we have a couple of things that are large drains, like uh, some plant lighting that stays on pretty often. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm personally, I like to keep the air conditioner on. We have a decently <laughs> high efficiency um cooling and heating system. But I know Haley just likes to always be at like 89 degrees in the house. So, uh, uh, but that being said, it really is, uh, it's really come down quite a bit. I would imagine because it it was way less expensive than I expected for just our house, which is just the two of us. We're, we're getting a solar system where it's only basically like adding $50 a month to our mortgage payment and it's going to be taking away our utility bill. So, Mm -hmm. you know, a utility bill that was always between 120 and 200 plus dollars. So it's like... So
3: we're definitely saving way more than we're going to be spending on it. So
1: if there's a potential that things could get a little more restrictive in the future, (laughs) but uh, usually when that kind of thing happens, like you said, grandfathered in, people that already have something set up a certain way don't usually get forced to change. Luckily, we don't have that tyrannical of a yeah. of a state or society currently. But that, so, I guess my point is, you know, if you have the the uh, play, the space and the sunlight, and it's your house, your property, it really would be a wise idea to start looking into something like this right now. Because, like you're saying, the costs have come down to a point where it's like really um, silly to not do something that is what the planet needs more than any like one of the biggest things that the planet needs period to have happen is for people to change to green renewable energy and if you could do it in a way that saves you money it's like what, what are you waiting for oh yeah do there's definitely to
0: do-
3: nothing to lose if yeah. you look at it from that way because if the environmental aspect isn't isn't enough, the monetary aspect gives you just another reason to do it. So. Exactly. The
1: environmental aspect really should be enough, though, because that's we're, that's the question of right and wrong. And the uh, definitely the fossil fuels that we're using right now are clearly wrong. It's <laughs> Nobody can really debate that, but one of the problems with the mindset of um, some Midwest communities and smaller town communities is, they get so identified with the uh, I'm a conservative worldview that the media has uh, connected to the idea that the environment isn't a big deal, what matters is making money, uh, that they are willing to continue in practices that are harmful because their group identity says that it's okay.
2: Mm-hmm. And that I, gets back to something we were talking about before we we came on here. <laughs> This is going to be an interesting topic, but it's just something I'd like to bring up. Because we think, let's think holistically about this. Let's think society. Let's think about world society as we gravitated, you know, as the human populace gravitated and moved and utilized and, and came up with new inventions and new technologies and, and everything. Great. Solar's been around for a while. It's been obviously proven it's been around for a while. It's up, it's up, in, the, up in the space, up mm-hmm. in all these, all these satellites that we have, right? It's not tied to the grid. It's not getting energy from anywhere. We put it up there and it stays up there for years and years and years and years and works.
4: And I would say that's probably the biggest misconception. I mean, definitely it's the cost, but a lot of people say, well, the technology is not there yet. Well, it has been around for decades. And, for example, California, with them having a state mandate that any new construction build must have solar on it, I'll be honest with you, our our technology is getting better, it's going to, we want it to get better, but the system's designed to do what it's supposed to. And with us having, as a company of Sun Solar, you know, 3,000 installs, it's hard to to argue the fact that the technology is not there because of how California and Arizona are doing their regulations. If it wasn't something that is um, feasible or even having the technology, I guess, to be there, we wouldn't have the growth that we do, as well as you know California having that type of growth. Well, and even going back to satellites, I mean, it's there. We just have to be able, you have to use the right product. Just the same if you have a, <clears throat> excuse me, a microwave. Years ago, we were always wondering if a when they first came out, you had to do your, your diagnostics on it. You had to research it. You had to make sure that the, the technology of it would work before you buy it. Well, now we just go to Walmart, pick one up. Because we have no question whether it works or not. That's going to be what, te- what technology and how our mindset is going to be in the near future for solar. But it's finding the product that has good warranties, that has a, you know, a pretty good optimization panel um, on it. So do your research. Make sure you have good panels because obviously that's an argument for anything. i talking technology, but the, the, the science to it is there.
1: I didn't do my research. Uh, you guys <laughs> just came in and convinced me to get solar panels. No, not really. No, yeah. I knew that I wanted it, and um, I, I guess I just had a instinctual trusting of you two because we did connect so easily on, on um, a lot of these topics, like the energy paradigm, for example, and the, the, the harm what we're doing to the Earth through, through that.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, you have good panels. <laughs> <laughs> I, tr- I believe you, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they are the best panels. Um, if, if anybody's considering going to solar, use tier one level production panels, meaning um, they start from tier level four up to tier level one, and the tier level one have the best um, manufacturing warranties, production warranty, and the best degradation throughout the years, and those are what you have. You have tier level one production um, manufactured in the North American, um, in Canada, so...
2: Plus, you guys will be getting the monocrystalline panels, which produce even better. Uh, they're just made a different way to absorb more of the DC power. But back to the energy paradigm with regards to that, I mean, I, I think I moved a little bit too fast in I was trying to get through my brain. But. That's
1: okay, we can always go back to we, it.
2: Let, let's, what do we start with? What was the first source of energy that we can think of that we, that we created out of, out of the earth? Out that we started using? Fire, basically. Fire. That's right fire but how did fire come how did fire come along if we think about how the world evolved was the sun always there yeah we didn't know how to absorb mm-hmm. any of the power from the sun mm-hmm. but did we use it to heat anything maybe maybe not but we're coming as a society then we obviously we got into the earth and we figured out that we can make certain things from the minerals and all the uh, you know all the products from the earth right but the earth if you think about it was i mean where do all the plants come from They don't grow down; they grow up. Why are they growing up? Why are the leaves big and spread out? Because they're trying to soak up the (laughs) power of the sun. Because they need it to grow. Mm -hmm.
1: Right, and whenever you eat food, you're taking in the energy of the sun in a either in a very direct way if you're eating something that's like uh, raw vegetables, or in a several steps removed away if you're eating like a, a large animal.
2: Yeah, so it's just we're using the energy from the sun to create energy. Well, what what do we need plant life for? We need it for our energy. They're like solar
1: panels for our body because we can't do it for
0: ourselves.
2: We have to consume that energy that's made from the earth and the sun. But if we're just taking all all these resources from the earth, like fossil fuels, yeah, great. They've been been around for a long time. We've used them. Um, Can we still continue to use them? Yes, but is there another... Alternative source of energy. Yeah, there's hydro, there's wind, mm-hmm. and there's the sun,
1: and uh, there's what you what you might call it um, when you generate heat from the earth as well.
0: Oh, uh, geothermal. and the thermic, geothermal. Uh, geothermal.
2: Yep, yep. We have a lot of customers we'll run across, and one customer in particular, had a forty-six hundred square foot home, five person family, well insulated home, four years old, but on a forty-six hundred square foot home, their bill was only about a hundred and fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. They had a geothermal unit into the ground that really reduced their bill. And it made no sense, financially, it made no sense for them to go solar because we weren't going to be able to save them as much money moving forward.
4: But that was the argument, like you mentioned, if it's not the monetary value, it's more the holistic value. Mm-hmm. And for them it became a holistic value, and he was arguing with myself, to, I want to go solar though, it's the right thing to do. And the way our company stands is we want to make sure that the person's saving enough money in order for us to make it financially feasible. Um, And so what I told him is, I'm not going to put it on your home until you really fight me to the nail. And he appreciated that and said, here in the next couple of years, once the prices go down, then he hopefully will go ahead and do solar then. Because at that time, it was not a sound sense for him to go solar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because
2: his rates in his area for that utility company, for this geographical area in mid, you know, Midwest, Missouri, they were pretty low. Yeah. And it just made no financial sense for them to do that at the time.
1: Yeah, but for most people, we're experiencing increasing rates for our energy consumption mm-hmm. every year, probably several percent six increase percent, a year.
2: Six percent on average, nationally.
1: Yeah, that's, that's crazy because I know that's, and it's one of those expenses that uh, is really difficult for people because it is so f- in flux. And sometimes hard to, sometimes you might just mess up and all of a sudden you're $40 deeper in the hole on your utility bill and it's, you know, now you have to come up with that and it was hard to just come up with the baseline amount. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, people that are not un, not able to get loans for, for crap uh, might have trouble getting Going fully solar right now in this point in time, but I think the more people that are having this conversation and the more people that are demanding it, and the more people that can choose it who do choose it, the faster we're going to get out of the paradigm we're in right now.
4: Well, and that's the thing, and I'm going to probably give a more depth of conversation <clears throat> than I should, but um, you had mentioned something to me that's bringing up a topic of discussion. We have, we are this the story. banks are allowing us to utilize their money in order for people to go solar by having their financing or their leasing options and things like that. What we're hoping to do in the near near future, people with good money, big money, who realize that there is solar available, that people are utilizing it, that they put their neck out a little bit and use personal funds instead of us pulling them from the bank. Because at that point, personal um, funding for a finance like this can actually be decreased on credit scores or whatever that person wants to lend their money to on a personal level. So if it becomes a situation where enough big wigs in the economy realize that solar is the way to go, they're going to invest their own money into people who don't have the greatest credit scores, who also want to save money. And then at that point, the industry is going to grow a lot more instead of us relying on banks or FDIC regulated that have to have requirements of credit scores and DTI and such. There's a
1: whole other level of control system that we need to move away from beyond just the control that we are experiencing in our energy paradigms. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this thing that I pulled up for Haley to read because she's a great voice, (laughs) 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 better than I would do. Uh, It's called the Declaration of Energy Independence. I've actually read it on the show once before, a few months back, but it's not very long. And I think it would be uh, really interesting to read in context with this conversation because this is the type of it's the type of level of consciousness that we all need to be at as a whole civilization if we're going to stop doing the harm we're doing to our home. So uh, I'll let you read this now
3: okay so when in the course of human when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for the people of earth to dissolve the relationships habits and thought patterns that have bound us to an unsustainable energy paradigm our conscious compels us to state our grievances with these outmoded systems and to declare our intentions for the future of free energy so here's how here's how it starts We hold these truths to be self-evident that in our modern age all means of energy production are not equal, some being polluting, limited, non-renewable, and controlled by corporate-driven profit motives. While others are clean, abundant, sustainable, and able to be made available for the betterment of all people, that human innovation and creativity has excelled beyond our current methodologies of energy production, that the current energy paradigm is ecologically unsound, economically unfeasible, socially divisible, sorry, sorry, socially divisive, and morally bankrupt." That dependency on our current energy production methods has led to the increasing environmental degradation of our planet and to a growing systemic mentality of scarcity, lack, fear, aggression, and imperialism. That free energy technology has been developed and suppressed for over a century and we need not to be dependent on non-renewable energy for a moment longer. That the time is now for us to develop means of energy production and distribution that utilizes the inherent abundance of nature itself. That, as stated by the great scientist and inventor, Nikola Tesla, science is but a perversion of itself unless it has, as its ultimate goal, the betterment of humanity. That whenever any energy model has been perpetuated towards a system of control, limitation, and stagnation of humanity's collective evolutionary progress, it is the right and duty of all peoples, of all nations, to abandon the outmoded technologies upon which such systems are built and transition toward those which are clean, renewable, and sustainable. We therefore, the free people of Earth in good conscience, assembled, appealing to the supreme order of nature for the rectitude of our intentions, do solemnly declare that in our lifetimes, through our continued dedication, ingenuity, and inspiration, we will bring to fruition a new and free energy paradigm, one in which empowering advancements and technologies are made widely available to all peoples in the service of human potential. And for the support of this Declaration of Energy Independence, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. That's really powerful and interesting and true.
1: <laughs> I think that it is the equal level of consciousness as what the Declaration of Independence was whenever the United States uh, drafted that document.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one thing that stood out to me was clean... Abundant Mm -hmm. and sustainable, clean, clean to our environment, clean to Mm -hmm. us as a human populace. Uh, abundant, what is it? Forever abundant, infinite, infinite until because if the sun goes down, we're not going to worry about it anyways, we're all going to be gone. Yeah, yeah. So, the sun has always come up as long Uh as man has been alive, Mm -hmm. and it always will continue to come up as long as man is alive because if the sun is not here, we won't be alive. (laughs) So is it sustainable? At least on
4: Earth, yeah. right? <laughs> well, yeah,
2: hopefully, maybe, maybe solar is going to power the whole world. Hopefully, that's that's what I envision, right? Um, if you think about it, I mean, get into skyscrapers and roads and driveways and all the roofs of America that can qualify mm-hmm. to go solar. How much power can we create? We are so, so, so far behind.
4: Europe, I mean, they they just. They've had solar for decades. Mm-hmm. They make fun of us as, as the United States of how far behind that we are and the fact that they have been able to consume and and utilize and help their economy and we claim to be a great nation, we're hurting. We're hurting ourselves by not utilizing the sun like these other countries have been doing for decades and and helping, giving back and holding culture to be true. What is culture? Well culture in history and the way that we can be founded and what we were founded as the united states we've just given all of that away because we've never given a standard where we should hold ourselves capable and accountable for what we're doing to the earth
3: well if we have an imaginary need for coal we have a resource to cause issues over and fight over and bicker over and make money off of even though you know we could be using other things more often like solar or wind or geothermal mm-hmm. energy, any of these other resources. But if we kind of stick to coal, we have more of a basis for bickering and a basis for money making,
2: <laughs> I guess. Well, we're kind of pigeonholing ourselves into one <laughs> form of energy or two forms of energy um, without looking outside the box that they're, they're c- again, clean, renewable, and abundant. I mm-hmm. mean, and uh, it, it we just got to think bigger. We, we have to decentralize. Yeah,
1: De- Decentralization is how we dispel with the control system that is currently holding us back. It's because we have a dependency on a power company mm-hmm. and um, on trucks driving in food to the towns we live in every day. And dependency on, um, well, an ima- an ima- all of these are imaginary dependencies if we make the choice against right. them. But uh, even... The idea of uh, laws and legal protections are really just there to keep people from feeling like they should take personal responsibility um, in the present moment with whatever has come up. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in general, we shouldn't really even need any kind of laws. I think hum- every human being is so capable of grasping um, truth because truth is always simple and easily, uh, easily explained even to a child that uh, all we would really need to do as a species, as humanity, is impart children with the understanding of um, basic truths, of basic rights and r- rights, and uh, what is wrong. And then we wouldn't have any kind of need for the, these laws, control structures, or central powers. And humanity has been in places in the past where that was the case, where individual humans and groups of humans were able to completely sustain themselves in their own resources. Um, And in the past that there was still friction in that because there would be groups that weren't a, that, you know, weren't the same level of consciousness and they'd run into each other and, you know, you'd get conflict, but we're, we're at the point now where we're all connected. We all know exactly that we're one human family. And whenever we reject that idea, we're just lying to ourselves. So it's, we're we're far beyond the need for these, uh, I guess, control paradigms of any form, whether they're energetic or governmental. Mm-hmm. And getting ourselves free indip- individually and taking personal responsibility for our own resources is the way to um, to no, no longer support these modes of domination that are uh, ultimately dominating the earth more than anything else. I mean. This is maybe a little off topic to energy production, but I just happened to learn the fact that uh, human beings in the United States kill over 20 billion animals Mm -hmm. in one year um, on average easily. Mm -hmm. And that's just in our country. So like there's another paradigm of extreme waste of uh, life energy, which is ultimately energy coming from the sun as well. Uh, that was a long long rant, you
0: guys. <laughs>
3: well, <laughs> well, you were talking about teaching people from a young age, uh, explaining truth to a child and making it simple. And by truth, you mean removing any, any idea of moral relativism where it's like, oh, well, you do what's right for you and I'll do what's right for me. And to an extent, I can kind of see that, but it's like, you cannot argue that something is, um, right or wrong in the sense of thinking about it hurting other people or, uh, somebody's self. So, like, oh, well, you know, I'm against, let's just think of a common example, I'm against smoking, but if other want people want to do it, that's okay. If other people want to do it, they might do it, but it's not okay. Because they are hurting themselves. They are causing damage to themselves. And if you go with the idea that everybody is a big human family, when you're hurting yourself, you're hurting others too. And that really is an all-encompassing rule, Um, the golden rule if you want to call it. Because if you're doing what's best for yourself, you're also doing what's right for the environment. You're also doing what's right for other people. And it's just this constant cycle of doing what's right for Earth yourself and others and, you know, other beings. And so it's not really that hard to explain if you just ask yourself in the simplest form, is this hurting anybody? Mm-hmm. Yes or no? Okay.
1: <laughs> then I have the right to, if not, then I have the right to do it, which means we have way more rights than we could ever write down. Right. And uh, so the only thing that we really need to be keeping track of in terms of um, the rules to live by are a few things not to do.
4: Well, and I think a lot of it is the fact that you hit it on the nose is the accountability. But you have to be accountable enough to figure out what is right or wrong and have enough education to realize if it is hurting people. Mm-hmm. Because the lack of education, some people would say that it's fair to Well, I'm not hurting anybody. But are you? Are you truly hurting somebody by not going solar or clean, renewable energy, by not going wind? Are you really hurting? Who are you not hurting yeah. By, by continuing to do what we're doing? And I think anything in life, we've become so lazy because we don't want to take accountability to sit down and research something. Mm-hmm. We want the government, we want political values, we want them to tell us how to feel and what to feel mm-hmm. because we choose to not want to be that, that person. We don't want to have that accountability because at that point, it's a lot of pressure on our shoulders. It's easier for us to turn it away. It's easier yeah. for you to know... You know that something is hurting somebody, and look the other way and keep walking. Big but it's exactly it's that ignorance that though may may not hurt that one moment, but as we continue to do it, mm-hmm. you're teaching the younger generations to continue to turn your back on things, and then we become tunnel visioned. Yeah, we we want to ignore so many things because we've done it for so long that we actually miss out on exactly what is hurting people. How is it hurting ourselves, our family, those around us? Because at the end of the day, these... I want to go into another tangent, but our phones, (laughs) our TVs, we're so honed in on what everybody wants us to feel, look, like, do instead of actually realizing what is life about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And the world is really complicated right now, and so it's hard to actually do take that personal responsibility and research everything you need to research. But you can always take the steps to start doing that. And if you are living with a personal understanding of um, these natural law principles, you could call them, or just basic human rights and right and wrong, then whenever you encounter others that have the same um, understanding or mindset, it's very easy to recognize that in one another. And then what research they might have done or what they might specialize in that can help you mm-hmm. and you, in return for them, and vice versa, it's an easy exchange to make. Like um, Social harmony isn't about having a system of punishments and rules. It's mm-hmm. about everybody knowing right from wrong, and then things just blossom harmoniously. Like in the case of solar being, there is a lot of research to do. You could go into a endless rabbit hole of trying to figure out the very best way to do it so it's cool to have people like yourselves that actually um know what you're talking about and can be uh, like uh trustworthy people to <laughs> help others get set up whenever you know we do have these busy lives and can't do necessarily do um mm-hmm. the, du- the due, diligence our- due diligence ourselves directly
2: yeah I thought it was interesting. you guys brought up a few things you brought up like change and choice and accountability <coughs> um <coughs> those are really you know deep topics but yeah as society changes and adopts different things or products or industries or technology I mean, how, how, and we've always adopted it right you have to change and then it becomes it becomes normal well cigarette smoking or cell phones what well, I mean we found out at some point in time initially we didn't know my mom smoked when she was pregnant. All the way through. Mine too. <laughs> so, but once it was proven and documented that it was unhealthy and it was bad and it was causing cancer, so on mm-hmm. and so forth, all these, you know, emphysema, whatever the case is, well, what ended up happening to moms that smoked, like my, my ex wife, she smoked all the way up until we found out she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. She stopped cold turkey so she could have a healthy birth.
1: And it's really love that helps us um, choose to stop doing things that are harmful for ourselves once we know. And so if we could really cultivate uh, an appreciation and love for our home and our planet and for one another and for the idea of our future generations, then it would become a lot easier for us to make these choices that are towards sustainability and, um, you know, we're all stuck in these. I I personally suffer from, like, problems of ambition that are not really – that are just like personal ambitions that if I shifted that focus and energy towards setting up a sustainable um, lifestyle for myself and, you know, if I spent as much time working in my garden as I spent doing some other like social media stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to get people to like listen to the show, I would be in <laughs> a lot better shape. If, like if I had 10 less <laughs> listeners this week and my garden was uh, had some new plants planted in it and the weeds trimmed out, I think I would be in better shape, you know? So it it is about taking shifting that focus towards um you know what true self-care self-love and uh, expanding that once you've found it expanding
2: that out to others I guess. Yeah it is the the adaptation of a culture moving in the same direction for the same purpose.
1: And it has to start with the individual for yeah. that to actually happen. Uh-huh.
4: And yes. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just saying that surrounding yourself around the people who are like-minded. I know that we talk about that quite a bit in just society. Like, if you want to be successful, you need to be around the people who are successful. If you want to have things like that, but the same is true on on just things in life. If you want to have a clean life, if you want to have a healthy, stress-free, organic, pure life, you need to be around people who have that, mm-hmm. who, who appreciate that, because the energy that you get from people allow you to have the motion to do other things that you didn't think were capable. Mm-hmm. For for your mind to be able to have the time to research, to have the rest at, at, at night for a few hours where you may have needed eight hours, you were on people who recharged you mm-hmm. to only allow for four or five so that you can do the garden and the podcast at the same time because your mind is clear of the clutter and the negativity that is always surrounding us.
3: Mm-hmm. And you you mentioned, chance, love being the catalyst for change. But that doesn't necessarily mean that someone who <clears throat> Well, everybody needs to make changes in their life for the better. That's part of being a human, but that doesn't mean that someone who's doing the wrong thing is necessarily doing it because they don't love someone, but I think it's sometimes the love that can be a little bit blinding because it's like, oh, because I love everybody or because I love myself, I don't want to make the realization that all this time I've been doing something that's actually been wronging myself or others so it can be hard to make that acknowledgement just because obviously that's not what you want to do but at the same time it's way more harmful to ignore it because then you're not changing what needs to be changed
1: well self-respect is a part of Mm self-love and respect actually means to look again it's re which is again and spec which is from the word specter spectare in latin which is to look or to see so self-respect is looking at yourself honestly self-reflection honestly so Mm -hmm. that is occasionally a painful process when you have to make changes but um like whenever you go through that type of discomfort on purpose and uh you know sometimes just basic transitions in life like jumping through the hoops required to get a solar system put into your house uh we can For some reason, let that feel like terrible stress when all it is (laughs) is just, like, one step at a time, just doing one thing at a time like Mm -hmm. you're always doing, just one thing at a time, one foot in front of the other. You know, it doesn't have to be – nothing that we consider horribly uncomfortable has to necessarily be – that way, with the exception of when you're rock climbing and you are hanging (laughs) by just two fingers and you're training so you have to just keep hanging there and uh, your fingers are about to rip off. You can't (laughs) really make that not uncomfortable. But my point for bringing that up is when you go through stuff that's uncomfortable on purpose you save yourself from extreme discomfort later Mm -hmm. and um, Mm -hmm. going through the big transitions needed as a society to get off of these uh, poisonous um, fuel sources which I haven't even really gone into my thoughts on what oil even is and I kind of would like to but uh, that that's going to be a little uncomfortable at the beginning but save us from disastrous discomfort later on like society collapse level discomfort
3: that's like how the pharmaceutical companies are in a way, because it's like, well, you've- our, our society's obsessed with instant gratification, so you've got these things that immediately alleviate your symptoms, but later on, oh, you've got liver damage, I'm sorry. And with the fossil fuels, it's like, all right, here's your power right now, which, not that solar doesn't generate it pretty instantly, because, you know, it does, but you've got your power, but we're creating some pretty serious issues, not only right now with Obviously, air quality is not the greatest in a lot of places, but later on, it's just its just making things worse in the long run by stealing what I'm sure you're about to say is the Earth's blood.
1: Well, yeah, oil is the Earth's blood. I don't care what anyone thinks. That's what it is. The Earth is alive, and that's its blood. And we shouldn't be sucking it out and burning it like vampires.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then nuclear Freak. power is... This, nuclear power is... Annihilating huge chunks of the planet rapidly and oh like goodness. Fukushima is the craziest thing that's ever happened on Earth, I think. <sighs> what do you guys know about Fukushima?
0: Nothing.
1: Not much really? Chunks. See, that's the crazy thing. Even uh, educated people like you, there's so much stuff to know about, but like, I think it was almost seven years ago now in Japan, the tsunamis hit. Those mm-hmm. huge tsunamis that killed thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Well, they're... And people predicted that this would happen too when the nuclear power plant was built in this place in Fukushima. People were like, "That's not gonna. The walls are not high enough. There have been definitely been tsunamis high enough to tear that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're in trouble." Mm-hmm. And sure um, enough. Japan's culture is so uh, obsessed with hierarchy and um, and the illusionary egoic version of respect that because the people that would suggest that. This isn't safe, we're not high enough on a certain like totem pole of uh, executives, Mm -hmm. they would just be ignored and thought and completely not taken into account. And so when Fukushima was hit by this giant tidal wave in 2010, it totally (coughs) busted the reactor and it's been in meltdown ever since. And Mm -hmm.
3: just leaking all this radiation into our ocean
1: for years, yeah, non stop. Even um, earlier this year, I saw an article that they had sent, when it first happened, they predicted it would be 40 years or longer to clean up. Mm -hmm. And anyway, we're several years in right now. And just earlier this year, I saw an article about how they were sending uh, robots down into the crater of the power plant where the reactor was to just try to see what's going on down there. And the radiation is so strong that the robots were melting before they could get even close to the middle of it. So not only has it been going off for a long time, but the radiation levels are actually worse and stronger than when it first happened. So it's like completely mad. Uh, That's just one nuclear power plant on Earth. And they're everywhere. And all that has to happen is something go sort of wrong. And for a couple more of those and then we don't even have a planet anymore. I, had I think a that's what people teacher. don't realize. We are so close to the edge of not having a planet anymore. It's it's never really been anything like this before. I
3: mm. had a physics teacher who was all for nuclear power and I was like, "Okay, so what's going on with the waste?" Cuz you know, they put it all underground. And he goes, "Oh, well, we're storing that." And I said, "How can it be a good thing though if this waste is just being stored underground and um my physics teacher talked about how it the rate of the amount of time it takes for that waste to become quote unquote safe is pretty much I mean it's it's a long it's in time. Hundreds of thousands it's, to millions it's a of long years. time. And there's not gonna be we can't just keep storing this underground for as long as humanity is alive. And i just don't understand how that can be a thing because you then you've got these issues of unless you build a nuclear power plant that is completely going to withstand the effects of hundreds of thousands of years, you've got an issue on your hands because if the, if that nuclear power plant runs out of, if it, if it doesn't have power and the pools, um, don't remain turned on cooling, whatever they need to cool, it's, it's a disaster. It's a meltdown. So I just don't Think that that's a good option at all?
1: They're complete, They're not stable in any
2: shape. Not wherefore. stable. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's unfortunate that they're still using it. Like on aircraft carriers, those things will go for ten plus years on one fuel. It's wow. ridiculous that you can you can man an aircraft carrier, put it in the sea, put it into commission, and never have to fuel it for ten plus years. Wow. That's that's <laughs> gonna, nuclear. Yeah, is it destroying the planet? No doubt about it, but. Is it? I mean, When you think about that, you realize how powerful it actually is. That's scary
0: it's powerful, scary though. Powerful, yeah.
3: <laughs> well, it shouldn't be used this widely. Maybe it's, you know, I'm sure everything's got its place, and maybe it does, but we shouldn't just have them willy-nilly set up over, all over the country. You no, know, that's no, pretty no, asking, right, asking right. for disaster.
1: Yeah, we don't really need... Um, uh, humanity needs to evolve past the need for aircraft carriers as well, mm-hmm. because um, at this point... On the subject of nukes, if we ever did get into a real war and nukes started flying, oh. game over. I yeah. mean, why, why are we pretending anymore like it's okay to have wars? I, the same people that yeah. uh, convince us that it's okay to do nuclear power plants have convinced us that wars are still worth doing as well. So mm-hmm. um, all, all of those things would stop as soon as human beings individually said no to that
2: stuff, though. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. it comes down to. You guys brought up. You know, you brought up love. Well, what is love? Love is a choice to change. Love is a choice to change. Because every day, you, you think about your relationships. And you, it's not always easy. It's not always perfect. It's not always fun. But you make a choice every single day to love that person. And you, ha- you, you can't change them. Only a human can change themselves change the way they think about things and change the way they they perceive things or get different perspectives so they can start making better choices and holistically as society starts to do that then we will gravitate in the right direction eyes will be opened the better and more powerful solar becomes it becomes more apparent that people can use it and we get over that hump that yeah, I mean look, cell phones. We go back. What was the first cell phone? Only you, only certain people could have it. High executives could have it. It's a big giant brick phone that sits in the back of your trunk or in between your seats, right? Mm-hmm. Now everybody has one.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's where that's where I believe solar is going. It will. It should it's be there. Surpassed coal and oil because a lot of people don't realize this. You're listening. Coal and oil, employment wise, was surpassed by solar. So there are more people right now in the United States of America just with solar alone Mm -hmm. that are being employed greater than coal and oil
1: combined. If you're looking for a job, that's probably a good field to look for a job in, too, Mm -hmm. because it's going to keep growing. And uh, it's something that you can actually feel good about um, if you have to exchange your time for Federal Reserve reserve debt notes. It's
2: manufacturing. (laughs) It's all the installation. Imagine how our installation crews, they are seven to eight guys. We just, we just brought on three or four new crews over the past six months. We grew, we've grown as a company. And we're getting back to solar. But as society, as an American society or North American society starts to understand this and grasp a hold of this and realize that there are so, there's millions of rooftops. There's land. Look what China's doing. Look what Germany's doing. Look what Europe's doing. We are far behind. If we all figured it out, I don't care where you're from or what you think about it, if, you, if this catches on it when it does, the sooner it does, the better it is for our society as a whole. Mm-hmm. We, it will grow our populace.
4: Well, in a lot of it, it's uh, like...
2: Our economics, sorry.
4: For example, we discussed this, but your, your home um, qualified for solar. You qualified to go solar. Why would your neighbors not go? Why would this whole community not go? It's the mindset.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Other than that, if, if, if you're going, why is the person right next to you not doing it? And the next person next to them, the next mm-hmm. person next to them. Because they are so scared of what they don't know, but yet what they don't know still in their entire life Society has made them feel comfortable that they don't know things. Mm -hmm. But whatever shakes somebody and they don't feel comfortable about it, they choose not to make that decision because they don't know about a lot of things. It's just been so systemized that I turn my lights on, I turn them off. When I flush the toilet, it does something with that stuff and this, that, and the other. I mean, it's just... We've just been systemized. They don't know how anything works. Mm -hmm. It's just that that we've all been so comfortable with how we've been doing it for years that that I always think about that. Why should an entire neighbor... Could after one person goes so why don't they all go unless yeah. they don't qualify obviously for credit scores and things that we talked about like with um financing if they chose that way but why not
0: mm-hmm.
1: well i think the the why not is a very interesting question because there's a there is a internal force of opposition within all of us that Whenever there's something that we know we should do that it's would be for, for a better, us. yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever it is, like, oh, man, it'd be great. I would feel awesome if I went jogging this morning, I feel great <laughs> I mean, all yeah. day. Mm-hmm. But, whatever reason, even when we know that it's for our best interest, we have this internal opposition, and uh, that's Satan actually. <laughs> like, whether or not you need to believe it in as an entity, like, that's what I call Satan because that word actually means opposer. You're so, exactly like, right. you're letting Satan be inside you whenever you uh. You refuse to make changes that are for the greater good. And it is uh, literally the opposite of love whenever you won't change. Because what you were saying before, I think, is exactly right. Love is about um, being able to change. And what that what you're changing is you are bringing out the highest potential in whatever it is that you're loving. Um, as love is basically just the recognition and encouragement of a greater potential in whatever the object of love is. Yeah. and that be
2: yourself or somebody else or a group of people? Or? So if
1: you limit your own potential by refusing to change even though you know something, it would be good for you, then that's the exact definition of not loving yourself.
2: Yeah. Selfishness.
1: <laughs> well, selfishness is a word that's really been co-opted, I think, and uh, made really to confuse us because everyone's got to be selfish to an extent if we were all truly selfish we would be altruistic because if everybody was altruistic then everyone would individually have the best possible time
0: mm-hmm.
1: self selfishness is goes hand in hand with making good choices for yourself mm-hmm. Uh, it's just you need to realize that everybody else has the same sense of self as you and is part of the same system as you, and that you need. to And They're to make part
3: of you, so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Literally, yeah, you're not separate in any way. That the separation is illusory. illusory um, yes, yeah, so we need to we need to love each other more, folks. <laughs> That's
2: all I got. I just I, I overheard something that Gilda said, and you know she was just you know she. Talked about you know flipping on a light switch, and if we go back to the go back to this reason why we're sitting down here, I guess you could say is we we as a human as human nature, and I would have to say probably more so in America than any other place is we take things for granted. Yeah. We take what's given to us. We're born into this society of United States of America, a free world, and unfortunately. Um, even as a human populace, we, we, we take it for granted. Because you, you you walk into a room, you flip on the switch. I don't know how the electricity gets here, I don't know how the light bulb got here, somebody had to create it, right? But I take that for granted. Well, if we could utilize that same power and create it from the sun versus fossil fuel, then we'd be better off. So we it's that shift and it's that paradigm shift of the way we think as human, as human nature, mm-hmm. is to not take things for granted. But we're so ingrained for generations generations and generations to just, it's there. It's power. I use it. I don't care where it comes from.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Same goes for trash too. you got to think about like every piece of trash that you produce doesn't just disappear whenever the garbage men pick it up and take it away. Like something is having to be done with that. Um, just like everything that even a simple object like a pencil could never exist without an incredibly complex society because there's so many different parts of it that had to be all brought together and then it had to be manufactured and then brought back to you. Just in the making of your pencil, there are hundreds of people or thousands of people uh, required. It's kind of insane when you think about it. Oh
4: my gosh, yeah. Because <clears throat> we we have, which is, that is what, one of the most important things that I want to mention though is that people feel like solar is hurting those thousands of people who are employed by the coal and the oil industry but it's actually the opposite now because we are employing more it's not necessarily that they have to be they're losing a job there's there's jobs created out there if we just shift our mindset of what we're wanting to do but
0: Mm -hmm. um
4: i also want to touch sorry just going back to one thing that i was thinking about when when you talk about solar a lot of people will ask us well if it's grid tied and we don't produce enough, but we're still pulling energy from the electric company. I'm sorry, energy from the electric company isn't that defeating the purpose of going solar. Well, for a couple things, if you continuing, if you continue to utilize over, you know, the produced kilowatt hours that your system is using, you will pull if it's grid time, from the electric company. But having a monitoring system on your home where you can see your consumption versus your production <clears throat> if you know you're going to be underproducing, producing go home and turn off your lights don't pull from the the grid if you can mm-hmm. make make sure you're more conscious of it hold yourself more accountable mm-hmm. make sure that your system is producing the way that it should it's or you're you're not turning on all your lights and going crazy after you've gotten solar just mm-hmm. be a little bit more conscientious of that
1: And clearly, those um, companies like the utility company aren't going to go under all at once. And if we start pulling our business away from that type of thing as much as possible, they're going to naturally shrink. And the people that are um, resisting to resisting change, like that, even work in those industries, and there was that.
0: um,
1: There's going to be some people that know that that type of industry isn't really moral. And they need to get out of it. And then there's others that are going to stay with it till the bitter end, sink with the ship. And that's gonna be who it's gonna be. And you can't let that type of thinking
0: no.
1: um, dissuade, be like what gives you an excuse to not make a change if you're capable of making a yeah, change. Yeah, the
2: shift, the shift is going to happen. I mean, there's gonna be some. I mean, there's co-ops, and then there's big, large energy companies all over the area. But basically, the shift is you're gonna. They're. You're right. They're either gonna. They're going to fold up or they're going to jump jump in. And right now what's going on, we have have two energy acts that are are out there. It's the Clean Energy Act and the Renewable Energy Act. Clean Energy Act basically, and this is for anybody that's interested in going solar these, I'm going to tie it in here, but Clean Energy Act means that these electric companies who utilize coal and oil to produce the energy, right? to produce electricity, they have to upgrade their plants and make it so they're producing more clean energy. And that costs money Mm -hmm. to do that. Who pays for that? You do, you're the consumer. You pay it when you pay your electricity bill, okay? That's the Clean Energy Act. The Renewable Energy Act states that a certain percentage by a certain year has to be a certain percentage of their power that they are giving the populace and their communities and their customers has to be obtained through renewable energy sources so when somebody decides to install panels on their home they are now having a net metering agreement they are agreeing to be a generator contractor with the utility company so the utility company can use that overproduction of their home to meet the renewable energy standards
0: mm-hmm.
2: so they they want you to go solar it's just and we see it right here, uh, Springfield City Utilities, I'm not sure if you guys got your mail over the past, I think it was two weeks ago, they put a flyer out. The flyer said, hey, you guys should look into going solar. Oh, really? That's the utility company telling you. Hmm. That's why they have City Utilities out in Stratford, just outside of town here, they have a solar farm because they have to meet renewable energy. mm mm-hmm. They can only do solar farms so much. Nixa, just outside of town, they have a solar farm. They had to break ground because their inverter went down. Their tra- oh, sorry, their transformer, their giant one there in town went down. The very next day.
3: Oh um, wow! <laughs> the very
2: next day, they signed a contract for a solar farm that they've been sitting on for the past couple years. Black Lake County, out there in, up in Lebanon, Missouri, just outside of Fort Leonard, Missouri. They just put in. The, they finalized a solar farm. So they're, they're going that direction. The whole shift is happening. That's great. But it's going to be up to us as homeowners
0: mm-hmm. to put really
2: put the foot down and really dive in because you are positioning yourself to align yourself with the solar industry and where it's going. Mm-hmm. And this is just me thinking vision. The, the energy companies, they're, I, they're going either they're going to fold or they're going to jump in. And eventually mm-hmm. they're just going to jump in. They're not going to have a choice. <laughs> it's and it's right going to be up to us to make them not a <clears> the <business. throat>
4: Yeah. I want to mention this for a lot of people who feel like, you know, maybe if I wait and I wait and I wait, the prices will go down and be a lot, lot, lot cheaper. Well, if you think about it, people who consume their energy from the electric company, as more goes solar, what does that mean? A lot less for the pot to fill for that price, right? Yeah. The prices are going to increase. And as they pull to go to solar, you have locked yourself in at that rate, whether it's with the financing company or you pay cash or you lease the system. You paid, you've locked yourself in at a very low rate where in the near future, half of the people are going to be solar. The other half are going to be pulling from the electric company. What do you think is going to happen with the electric company rates at that point?
1: Going up just like they already are. They're going to go up even more. Yeah.
4: But it's going to happen so much quicker. And what's going to happen to those people? They're going to try to go to solar. And they're going to try to compare your bill with their solar bill, and they're not going to be able to do it. Yours is going to be a fifth of the cost that they're going to try to do for the future.
0: Mm-hmm. But
4: it's still making that choice to go solar if you have the opportunity to do it now, because there is a shift. There is going to be a massive shift in the way that we're pooling, because it's all over the politics. Trump um, has been talking about doing lots of things, regardless of what way you you, you view there is a lot of talk about clean and renewable energy, mm-hmm. more so than there's ever been. And that's because people are realizing that they have we have to do something about it, but also they're trying to figure out how they can put their hands muddy in the water. Mm-hmm. Go solar now if you have the ability to do so before they're they're putting their hands where they shouldn't be.
1: Right, because if you just get on solar power because your utility company eventually goes fully solar, well, okay, great, you're no longer connected to... Um, Uh, dirty energy source but you're still connected to a centralized controlled Mm -hmm. going to gouge you for every dollar they can type of (laughs) so jump in now
2: take advantage of your positioning now you're positioning yourself and you go solar now for the future because later like Donovan was saying they're going to jump in and the rates are going to go up because they're still producing power right so you're still going to be at the same rate if not higher I mean city utilities they're they're putting them hey go solar with us Mm-hmm. Okay, great. You want to be renewable energy? Go solar with us. But guess what? They're charging people more for that solar field to be a part of that solar field.
1: Yeah, Ultimately, what is attractive to solar right? to me is about create, getting your own energy production system. Because right. just like the same reason why gardening is important to me, getting your own food production system, right. getting away from centralized dependent places is really required because... Um, it's such a delicate system to have to be dependent on. Like, if the food truck stopped coming today, how many days of food would we have? I think like three days in this town.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had that ice storm. What happened when people had that ice storm in two thousand and eight? We all went crazy. We went nuts here in Missouri because we were freaked out. We weren't not we were not prepared for holding our own ground. Well, <clears throat> what do you think is going to happen whenever? Um, the fossil fuels take over and something happens a combustion of stuff that go into the air what's going to happen then? are we going to be freaking out because we can't we're, we're, we've relied on man to help us with our own production that we can use, um, of stuff of food not just water. man the man the man the man is the problem the man exactly <laughs> exactly. exactly
1: we have to each individually be uh, humans instead of being stuck on the man mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, you got any closing remarks for this year conversation?
2: Just get educated. You you don't know what you don't know. Don't don't uh, don't walk by a booth. I had a guy walk by a booth today and say that solar doesn't work, it's a it's a waste and you know, <laughs> that that's pure ignorance. And the gentleman was probably right around his sixties. I'm forty four, but he just you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Ignorance—it doesn't mean you're dumb. It just means you're uninformed. It means no, it actually, means you're choosing, and you're choosing, and you're choosing to be uninformed. Yeah, yeah. ignorance yeah. is really dumb. Ignorance, in my opinion.
3: Ignorance. Well, It's, choosing well, yeah, to it's, it's dumb,
2: ignoring, and you're choosing, and you're ignoring, and you're choosing to not get educated to learn what is right and what is wrong.
1: There's such a thing as having no access to information, and have—and I think the yep. word for that is nescience, where hmm. you don't know something, and you—there's no way you could have known it. Hmm. And obviously. The universe and like the the rules of karma and right and wrong. I don't think that they um, affect you as badly whenever you don't know and couldn't have known versus when you knew. If
3: you've spent the whole entire first 18 on your life, 18 years of your life on Grandpa's farm in the middle of nowhere, and he's instilled you with all these crazy beliefs, you probably can't help it as much. But if you're like a Random, you know, urban urban kid who has unlimited access to the internet and libraries. It, just mm-hmm. because you have maybe an upbringing where you're instilled some things that aren't accurate or aren't aren't right, you can you have a lot of access to information where you could kind of figure that out. So I agree with you on that
2: one. <laughs> yeah, because perspective. That's your perspective. You uh-huh. grew up one way or the other. That's your perspective. But the wise thing to do is go. Okay, well, I can't put myself in this little. This little cup of, uh, this little circle, and this is what's right and this is what's wrong. I mean, there's so many mm-hmm. perspe- perspectives. So you have to be wise enough to make a choice to use two things that are called your ears, <laughs> right? And listen to other people because they didn't grow up the same way you did.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: They grew up in a different life, a different environment, a different state, a different country. So if we really want to grasp a hold of right. population and humanity coming together to, for the betterment of our world, we have to listen to other people. Mm-hmm. We have to learn. Mm-hmm. We have to get away from the politics. Please we have to get away from the religion. We have to really figure out how are we going to, what are we going to pass on? What is our legacy? Everybody living on earth right now, I don't care if you're a baby or you're 100 years old, what legacy have you lived? What legacy are you leaving behind? What are we, as a human population, forget the countries, you're a human being.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What are we doing to help? us get to where we need to be in the next hundred, two hundred, three hundred years.
4: So regardless of that solar, wind, yeah. geothermal, just be more conscientious of of what's going on. Make the rise decision, do your research, mm-hmm. reach out to your local solar people if you have that wind, if you're in a state that is supporting wind very well. Um, and just look at your options mm-hmm. because things are changing. and not going to get better, unfortunately, unless we decide to make that that
1: choice. And even if you can't do something like change your energy paradigm uh, in the place you are in your life right now, each and every one of us can take small steps over time towards making us uh, less of an impact. Because even if your legacy is nothing and it was like you were never here at all, that's far superior than a legacy of destruction mm-hmm. and waste. and. Mm-hmm. Um, so like some
3: people sweep the floors, some people just walk through the house, and some people track in mud. So <laughs> I, love <that. laughs> I
0: love that. That's
1: good. Yeah, I never never thought of that in a metaphoric sense to <laughs> life on earth, but that is totally true. So at the very least take take your shoes off when you're walking through the garden and don't step on any of the uh, unique life forms, let it all be. And um, if you're gonna make something out of your th- Time here makes something that will last and is beautiful and is not uh, harmful.
3: In the yeah. words of Dr. Seuss, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not.
2: That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Two in a row. Two. For. <laughs> wow. ed- education's free. It's at your fingertips. Yeah. yeah
1: in the age of information, ignorance mm-hmm. is a cho- is a choice for sure.
2: Yeah. Definitely.
1: Well, uh, thanks for coming on here, guys. This has yeah. been a lot of fun. It's been
3: great. Thanks
1: for I'll make sure we uh, link to your comp- the company you guys represent, Missouri Sun Solar, in case yeah. there's anybody interested in actually making those moves. But other than that, like Jeremy said, just do your own research on these topics, guys, because um, an informed public <laughs> is what is actually going to create the changes that are needed to pull us out of our current death spiral
4: <laughs> and if you do call Missouri Sun Solar make sure that you ask for Jeremy and I will come out to your home make sure it's a good fit for you and also make sure you mention this podcast
1: thank you Gilda thank you Jeremy thanks for having us yeah it. thanks Haley oh yeah thanks listeners we love you all kidding. <laughs> and uh, yeah talk to you next week Well, that's a wrap, guys. We had a lot of fun talking to Jeremy and Gilda. Hope you did, too.
3: Yeah, another great episode down.
1: So if you want to help us out, make sure you pledge to our Patreon. We really need a new computer. Please help. You're the only ones that can.
3: Yeah, this one's running like a snail. But while you're at it, also leave a review on iTunes where you can find the show.
1: Yeah, if you subscribe there and drop us a five-star review we will be really happy. We'll like do a double high five in your honor and thank you so much for listening. Um, Another thing you could do is maybe tell a friend about us or if you need solar power or someone you know needs solar power, go check out Missouri Sun Solar if you're in this region because they seem pretty legit to me. And uh, we love you.
3: We love you very much actually.
1: And we will talk to you next week. Lots of fun stuff. Next week's episode is with visionary artist MJ Lightning Bug, who you might not have heard of yet, but you will, and you'll love her. Okay, thanks all. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye.
0: Bye.